Welcome to Junior Doctors Corner, the podcast that helps medical students and junior doctors like yourself not only survive but thrive in your careers. We cover topics including doctor well-being, career, and life outside of medicine. My name is Dana and I am your host for this podcast. Are you ready for a healthy dose of support, motivation, and inspiration? Then let's start this episode stack. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Junior Doctor's Corner. So we actually celebrated our uh, first anniversary. Actually, there was a lack of celebration because I completely forgot that last week marked the first birthday of Junior Doctor's Corner. Hopefully there will be many more birthdays to come and I will actually remember to celebrate it. Hopefully next year I'll be able to do a giveaway of some kind, but we'll think about that as we get closer to the second birthday. Evangeli Polizos joins us on the podcast today. She is one of the co-founders of On The Wards. If you haven't heard of On The Wards, it started off as a podcast as a quick revision tool for junior doctors and then it grew uh, into a blog and then now a conference. So without further ado, I will let Evangeli tell you more about On The Wards. Hi Evangeli, thank you so much for joining me on Junior Doctors Corner podcast. Thank you for asking me along, Dana. Now, from my understanding, you were one of the original founders of On The Wards, is that correct? Uh, that is. So I am a co-founder. The original idea or the brain, this is the brainchild of James Edwards, uh, mm-hmm. who was the DPET mm-hmm. at RPA when uh, he came up with the idea. And I was working with James in a medical education support role with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he uh, approached myself uh, with regards to producing the podcasts and they were local podcasts and after that we decided that we would expand and they, we would take it out of RPA and make it into something bigger and that's when James then approached uh, Anthony Llewellyn and uh, we then built a, a website from there. Mm. So for those who haven't had the pleasure of meeting you, can you tell us a bit about yourself? Okay, so I've been working in healthcare within a hospital system for about just over six years uh, in medical education roles as well at various hospitals. And also I was the doctors in training liaison officer at AMA New South Wales uh, prior to working within the hospital system, I've come from a uh, corporate background, so and not-for-profit, not having worked in financial services, technology, as well as medical research. And I think all the different roles within working in roles included IT support, change management, communications, and employee engagement really have helped uh, when transitioning into the healthcare system. So I came in, as I said, about six and a half years ago in medical education support, wanting a bit of a change and found it very fascinating because it's very, very different to mm. what you'll find in the corporate sector. Why specifically medical education? Basically, I think education is important and you continue to learn throughout your life. Yes. And 
to be entirely honest with you, what had happened is I absolutely loved working within financial services and um, change management, which was about uh, looking at your environment, looking at employees uh, and how to make that environment better so they're more productive, so they're happier at work. And then there was basically a, a big change in my life where a parent um, became ill and was terminally ill and I became a carer. And I found it fascinating because within that corporate environment that I was working in, I had decided that I would leave and become a full-time carer and was going to resign. My boss at the time, manager, went to all senior management and said, she needs to take some time out. Will, can we support this? Mm. And everybody basically said, yes, you're not resigning. We're mm. giving you time away as long as you need, part-time or just to not work at all, mm-hmm. um, paid in order to be a carer. And, and I found that quite um, fascinating and interesting because, you know, as an employee you don't necessarily expect that and that yeah. kind of the support. Mm. So after that, I suppose I reevaluated life and even though I enjoyed the environment, I had a wonderful um, culture, really supportive culture. So it was work hard but very supportive and um, competitive but, again, supportive. So it's similar to medicine in the sense that people, it's about achieving things and, and um, accomplishments, but it was supportive and everyone worked really well together. So I loved that, but I thought, oh, I'd like to actually do something a bit different and actually, I suppose, what I learnt from the looking after a, a, being a carer hmm. and seeing how doctors treated, I suppose it was my, so it was my father, mm-hmm. um, treated him, really just made an impact. And I thought, well, I'd like to do something because I was appreciative and I suppose give back, as it were. So moved into medical, came into the system and was absolutely stunned. Because, again, like I say, from a cultural perspective, came in and saw that the way things were and how what the environment was like was not great and I wasn't used to that. So, yeah, it was giving back and also, as I say, education I'm quite passionate about and, you know, it's lifelong learning regardless of what industry you're in. And so it's just putting those two things together. I first came across on the wards during my in tenure in 2017, but um, your podcast and blog have actually been around since, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, 2014. And uh, like you mentioned, it was started by James and also after that he approached Anthony, so a very small team of four. Um, today it's loved by so many junior doctors in Australia and nothing excites a type A personalities like myself more than being able to multitask, um, you know, like listening to a podcast whilst driving to work um, mm. and it's all very highly educational content um, and you did cover a bit about how on the wards came about that it was James's idea um, and maybe this is more of a question that James um, can answer uh, perhaps from his perspective but from your perspective what exactly was it that inspired you guys to start this podcast was there a specific incident among junior doctors at RPA or something that sort of led to this the creation of this podcast? Okay, so James was the director of our pre-vocational education and training at RPA at the time. 
So he was looking after junior doctors. So he'd been in the role for quite a few years and he recognised basically that there was a gap between the knowledge that's gained at medical school and then applying that knowledge within the healthcare system once you transition into a, a junior doctor or a doctor in training. So recognising that, that the podcasts were just a different way of being able to develop and share clinical education, mm-hmm. covering cases and common scenarios that busy junior doctors would come across when working on the wards. So it was just wanting to make sure that junior doctors had a different way, a different forum platform to be able to access clinical education when they needed that. So it doesn't obviously um, replace Mm. uh, going to a senior uh, clinician or a a registrar, Mm -hmm. but it's just something in addition to that people can access and learn from and continue to to learn their education and be a part of. Mm. And it is really useful um, to have that information, especially when um, the first time any young doctor or intern gets uh, to do some slightly more independent work is when they're thrown onto ward call or after hours work uh, where they have to think on their feet a little bit. And yes, they do have access to medical or surgical registrars uh, advice from them, but sometimes they're so busy uh, that you might have to wait a while. And in the meantime, you have to do something to help the patient. Yeah. So that's where for the podcast, we have the the additional of the summaries, the transcripts, and that's really invaluable, we believe, to the, many of the junior doctors because, as you say, you're on a, a night shift or ward call and so you can look up, you can just easily search and find a, a topic, a common scenario, and uh, be able to reference that mm-hmm. if needed because we say it's not it's not to replace a registrar or a senior consultant. Mm-hmm. It's, it's definitely something that you can go to and say, how would I deal with this? And I know now um, that uh, On The Wards has expanded into a team of more than 20 people. Just so our audiences can appreciate how much work and love goes into producing your podcast, can you please talk a bit about how you produce this high-quality content consistently? I mean, yes, there is a lot of topics to cover in medicine, but I imagine it's quite time-intensive to source speakers and research topics and do all the um, fact-checking. So really, it's about you know, engaging the experts, so knowing who the experts are within their given specialty or topic. And in order to do that, it is about the team. And we all work together and throw ideas around. Mm-hmm. And it's that collaboration, it's that strong team and being, and being quite supportive. So, and it consists of a team of uh, junior doctors, but also we have a lot of senior doctors. And it's just working through the ideas uh, and knowing what you're producing. So what is the purpose of what you're producing? And, no, and rather than just saying it's, it's a podcast, what, what's our aim? And making sure mm. that we're all on that same page and we're going in that same direction. So, and also listening to our audience, I would say. So actually understanding your audience, understanding junior doctors and what their concerns are and what are the key topics. For, like as you just said, you'll be doing a night shift and, and being able to recognise what are the topics, what are the, the issues or the clinical scenarios that will come up. And that really very much comes from the team who've been part of that. So the junior doctors all the way up to registrars and, and senior consultants that know what is important. 
Well, thank you for that. Uh, I couldn't agree more that uh, remembering why, you know, uh, we start these things like blogs and podcasts is pretty important. And I think likewise, it's really important to remember why we're even uh, working in medicine in the first place. And sometimes it can get so overwhelming that we lose sight of that. Remembering the why can help focus us on, you know, what's relevant and what isn't. Um, it filters out a lot of the stuff that isn't in line with our views or our aims. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So having that focus, having that goal and really sticking to it and understanding your purpose, your team and what you're trying to do um, will make a difference and as uh, mentioned, engaging the experts within the particular uh, clinical areas or topics who are able to discuss. And that does come from the team as well as our audience because we are a community essentially and we try and have fun as well. <laughs> yes. I, I, would say, I, I, I would say that, that that's a, another part. So mm -hmm. we're talking about producing uh, high-quality content, but you need to actually have a strong, positive and fun environment. Yep. So you, you'll challenge and the team does challenge each other, but it's for the, for the good of the team and what you're actually producing. So it's having that in there as well. Mm. Yeah, because it's like, um, you know, doing this podcast currently by myself, it is, um, I can relate that it is very time consuming and sometimes almost tedious to do it. But, um, you know, if as long as it has a fun element um, and a reason why behind it, um, you know, I'd be more than happy to do this a thousand times over. Yes, absolutely. You, you, you need to have fun. That, that is a, a motivator as well. Uh, so having a supportive environment and knowing that you're all working together is really crucial, I think. So in 2018, you took on the wards to the next level by creating a conference for junior doctors and congrats on another successful event this year. Um, for those who, uh, those of the listeners who haven't had the opportunity to attend, can you please tell them why they must get themselves a ticket next year? Okay, so it's a great opportunity for, I think, when you attend any conference really to meet other junior doctors, doctors in training, other uh, registrars, senior consultants. It's just, that real net networking opportunity is uh, very hard to really replicate online or through email. So it's wonderful that you can initiate contact and communicate with people online and through social media but nothing really replaces that opportunity to be able to meet that person or individual face to face mm -hmm. and really have those discussions face to face because you don't know where they will lead so for example turning up to a conference means that you you may be able to have that conversation and if you've had an idea or, or something that you'd like to initiate a new project and that's an opportunity to be able to really do that and have that discussion face to face and I think that we have a, everything being online, but nothing does replace that face-to-face -face element. Uh, I would also say that there are some topics, for example, they may be better represented or face-to-face uh, -face versus a podcast or a blog. So that is another reason mm -hmm. to um, attend. 
And also it's just fun to be able to get out of your hospital setting and really meet some other junior doctors. They're not necessarily from your network or hospital but from another state because you can learn a lot from them as well and their experiences. So um, not that I'm trying to imply that um, they are your rivals, but um, maybe talk a bit about how the On The Wards Conference is different to the AMA Junior Doctors Conference. Well, are you talking about the Queensland Conference? Mm. um, So I think we we focus more on the clinical side of things uh, rather than the advocacy side. So from this year's conference, we had the clinical component, as we have with the podcast, but we also covered uh, junior doctors' mental health uh, and career, and we also talked about culture. So I think that we're an independent organisation as well. So we are very much that our community is made up of junior doctors um, and we're not part of any other established um, organisation. And we, our main focus is about the education and education can cover all the different areas of education within the system, mm-hmm. education with clinical. So I think it's a little bit different. So we not necessarily, um, well, we don't focus on advocacy in the same way that AMAQ do. Well, I, I, it sounds like you guys are approaching it with a very sort of holistic view whereby um, junior doctors are not just about their careers, they're also about their life, their mental health and all these other things. So, yes, we don't focus on the advocacy part solely. We focus on education, as you mentioned, in a very holistic way. and and trying to support and have this platform that is a community of doctors that are able to share and learn from each other. So what's next for On The Wards? Um, You know, will you guys be coming out with a book next or anything that's new and in the works? Uh, We have a few ideas that we have in the pipeline, but we're not in a position to really announce that at the moment. So we'll be able to do so later on this year. Just kidding. (laughs) <laughs> but definitely um, there will be another On The Wards conference next year? Uh, we are definitely looking at another On The Wards conference next year and um, we're looking, uh, as mentioned, just a couple of other new ideas to, to add to what we have at the moment, but all will be revealed soon. Okay. What's your favourite On The Wards um, podcast episode or blog post so far? So I suppose my favourite would be the one where Amy Coops has interviewed uh, James Edwards because that was where we asked Amy to have a chat about on the wards and uh, talk about why he started it and it was really, it was a surprise to be honest with you. So we organised for the interview to take place mm-hmm. and um it's been one of the most successful ones because it's been probably one of the more candid ones. Mm-hmm. And it's not focusing on clinical as such and a clinical topic, but it is talking about what this is about and, and why we run it. So okay. it was just good to actually have uh, the tables turned, as it were, or the mic turned <laughs> on yep. the, um, the founder yep. to be able to have a little bit of focus as to um, why and the how. Yeah. So, I think it's important to be able to do that because sometimes you very much focus on giving and producing yep. 
and uh, it's good to highlight the people that actually make this work mm. and um, initiated the project. And it was also something that I think that the team really wanted as well. So mm. we all decided that we would um, place uh, James behind the, the be the um, interviewee. So mm-hmm. yes, that's right. <laughs> Okay, final question. I ask this to all my interviewees. So between juggling work, family and on the wards, name one or two things that keep you sane in your crazy busy life. Uh, So I would say exercise, a lot of exercise, Mm -hmm. uh, very important there, and uh, creative, so drawing and painting. So being able to challenge myself or take part in other challenging activities so be physical as well as creative to keep your mind it's be able to switch off from day-to-day work and but still be mentally active and focused so you're just switching your focus into other areas well thank you so much evangeli for taking the time to do this interview with me on junior doctor's corner thank you very much dana for the opportunity If you really liked that episode, please don't forget to leave a review on iTunes to help a sister out. And don't forget to subscribe to our email list so that you never miss an episode.